0: Well, good Thursday morning, everybody. It's the 20th of May, and my title today is Your Mental Frontline. This is the first of three messages written by Rob, one of the uh, leaders at 180, and also on the board of 180 Ministries. So Rob writes, the battle of recovery takes place on many fronts physical, emotional, familial, spiritual, and mental, just to name a few. Although each front is interconnected to the others, each can require different tools for our battle against sexual brokenness. Early on in recovery, traction on the mental front of the battle seemed elusive to me. My mind was all over the place. My thoughts about God, myself, and others were messed up from years of badly patterned thoughts. Shame, distrust, and self-protection dominated my thinking. I prayed desperately for, quote, God to transform me into a new person by changing the way I think, end quote, Romans 12, two. It seemed like a slow process at first, but eventually I learned three very powerful tools for the battle of recovery for my mind. So over the next three days, I'd like to share these tools with you in the hope that they may speak to you as you engage the battle of recovery in your mind. And the first one is this. I had to face down whether the gospel was true for me. I'd spent years being an encouragement to others with the gospel message. I could tell any man, woman, or child of God's grace to them through the gospel message. Jesus lived a good life and a perfect life. He died a brutal death by hanging on a cross. He was buried. He was raised from the dead three days later. He appeared in bodily form to many people. And because of this, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, or how far you've gone. God is never going to give up on you. He promised never to leave you or forsake you. Now, I believe that this was true for everybody else on the planet, except for me. The first night, I went to a small group at 180 Ministries at Vineyard Columbus. I told my story of how I got there. My story was laced with shame. I was still pounding myself with guilt. I was bruised and felt pretty much damaged beyond repair. Sexual brokenness, pornography, and all sorts of acting out sexually had destroyed my closest relationships and fractured my mental world. My group leader listened intently, and when I was done sharing, he simply asked me if I believed the gospel was true. I said, yes, of course I believe the gospel is true. He said it a little differently, though, the second time. Do you believe the gospel is true for you? Now, I was not really prepared for that loving challenge. I didn't fully realize my unbelief in the gospel for me. One of the early church fathers, St. Augustine, believed that the real problem that we have in our lives is not rules that we're breaking or not breaking. The real problem human beings have is disproportionate love. He says, for example, if you love something in your life more than God, even if it is something good, like your spouse or your children, then your life, your mood, your attitude will rise and fall in their happiness, or your ability to control them, and it will eventually disappoint you at best or crush you at worst. St. Augustine said that there's nothing wrong with loving your spouse or your children. The problem is not that we love them too much, but that we love God too little in relationship to them. The only way we're going to be whole is if we love God more than these, or whatever or whoever we place in that spot of loving more than God. For years, I loved sex. The idea of sex, fantasies of sex, and the rush of sexual things more than anything else, including God. I would have lied to you and told you that that wasn't the case. But in my private life, in my browser history, and my mental landscape, would have told the true story. So I found myself in a real battle on the mental front. Could the gospel really be true for me? Could God's grace, freely given through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, really be for me? Could I love God more than sex? How could I believe the gospel was for me just like it was for everybody else? Is it simply an act of the will? Do we just sit down and decide for ourselves that we're going to love God more than anything else? Do we just decide to conjure up more love for God? Well, it doesn't work that way. Loving God more than anything else in the world happened as I began to sense the suffering that Jesus went through for you and for me. That began the shift in my mind and I could feel some traction beginning on my mental front God's love began to be more real to me. I began to receive the truth that he died for me. Taking in and embracing that fact, the gift, the treasure that Christ died for you is one of the tools we can use for battling on the mental front of recovery. When we embrace the amount of suffering that Jesus suffered for us, the amount of love he has for us, and the amount of love he unleashed for you by taking the wrath of God in your place, when I embraced this, God began to transform me by changing this one simple yet powerful belief. So let me ask you, what my 180 leader asked me that first night. Do you believe the gospel is true for you? Do you believe Christ died for you? This was a mental shift for me and sent me in the direction of self-acceptance, which is where we will head tomorrow. Rob is 46. He lives in central Ohio with his wife of 21 years. They have two children, and Rob is a small group leader with 180 Ministries, where he has actively been walking out recovery within the community of 180 for nearly five years. For more information about how you can find freedom, visit our website, 180recover.com, 180recover.com, or just email John Doyle at Doyle, D O Y E L, at me, me.com, Doyle at me.com. This is John Doyle with today's 180 podcast. Thank you, Rob, for those great truths. And we'll look forward to hearing what you have to say tomorrow and then again on Saturday. God bless you, my friends. Take care. Have a great day in the Lord, and goodbye.